0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem, Val McCarty is in the business of helping organizations visualize, communicate, and execute strategy in real time. Her studies were acquired at both University of Alberta and Grant McEwan University and encompassed management, education, and human services with an aim to continue learning. Her previous experience includes the financial sector, fitness sector, and early childhood education. When Val is not at work, you can find her outside with her grandkids or looking forward to the next live jam. Let's join Val for her conversation with John McKynes. Take it away, Val.
1: So, welcome, listeners, to another edition of Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast. The LIBI podcast is supported by Rainforest Alberta and showcases those who are contributing to and supporting. The innovation ecosystem in Alberta. Let me introduce myself, Val McCarty. I am in the business of empowering startups through friendships, knowledge, and opportunities, helping you get your business why socialized, and helping you get your business funded. And today on the podcast, I have John McKines. Let me introduce him a little bit here. I, there's so much to say about John, <laughs> but I'll leave it to this one paragraph. John is a serial entrepreneur having started multiple successful companies over his career, including Print Audit, which was sold in 2018, Payroll Rewards, sold in 2020, and Bain Holdings. He is also extremely active in the entrepreneurial programs like EO, of whom he was the past president, as well as being an active member in YPO. Anyone who knows John is well acquainted with his fun approach to doing business and his appetite to try new things. In fact, fun is one of the core values he insists in all his companies. After all, there's no point doing something every day that isn't fun. John's success and willingness to share his expertise and experience has led to multiple awards, including Entrepreneur of the Year and invitations to speak at events. He's also a graduate of an exclusive entrepreneurial master's program through MIT. A family man, his passions range from skiing with his son to traveling to exotic places. Cram in as many experiences and adventures as the world has to offer. And I think that sounds like fun. (laughs) Welcome, John.
2: Happy to be here. I'm excited.
1: John's new dive into the innovation ecosystem has to do with his company called Earthware. I, I have a paragraph about Earthware here that I, I think I'll start the podcast off with and then we'll let John have his, <laughs> his two cents to say about it too because that's why we have him on the podcast. So all of us feel guilty when we're faced with the container waste after a takeout meal or when we put a grocery store clamshell in the recycle bin thinking mm, that may not exactly get recycled. Um, 150 million takeout containers end up in Calgary's landfill every year it's no secret that reusable and returnable packaging is better for the environment than single-use packaging. So today we're going to talk about less total greenhouse gas emissions, less total energy used, and less solid waste to landfills. So tell us a little bit about earthware and maybe its origin story. How it how it came around
2: sure happy to tell you about the origin of earthware i think it's probably an origin that a lot of companies have is they born from a frustration during pandemic as you mentioned we had just sold two companies that we were pretty active in for a lot of years and we're looking for the the next thing that we wanted to do and during pandemic we were doing that of course at home and ordering food at home and these takeout containers were coming in the door and at the end of every takeout meal, whether you get it from a restaurant or whether you go to the grocery store and bring home a bunch of fresh items, there's just mountains and mountains of containers. And it doesn't take much searching on Google to find that a lot of stuff doesn't actually get recycled. Compostables, not really compostable. And, and that most of the, most of the plastics and compostables and those sorts of things end, actually do end up in our landfills, just filling them up. And. I'm that guy on the hiking trail or on a beach that always picks up garbage. And so maybe I'm not a, a huge die-hard hard environmentalist, but I really, really do hate garbage. And so it just seemed like a natural, a natural thing for us to attack. At the same time, we were working with, with a company down in California, and they introduced a return for reuse container service to us just as we were talking about this. And that was kind of the spark of the idea. There was nothing like that in Calgary, in Alberta at all. And so we, we looked into it, figured, figured out whether it could be an actual company and whether people would be interested here in Alberta to, to have reusable containers instead of single use. And as it's turned out, absolutely people do.
1: It's a fantastic idea. Very much something I would like to get into using. So it's sort of a rinse and return for refund type of idea, right? It almost sounds like a, something that what, there would be a, a new bottle depot is needed for these containers. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, it's it's really interesting. And what I love about new companies and startups is you really don't know what you don't know. And so that they're hard and, and hand-wringing. And I think fun is also another big piece of, of a startup. And so we've had two iterations of the company to some degree, and this is getting to answering your question, but we started off with a pilot in mid 2021. So about July 2021, where, and this is a great story about how this worked, where we had four restaurants in the pilot. One of the restaurants replaced all of their containers and just sent ours out the door. And the other three had various testings of charging a deposit or charging for the containers to get used and people to choose them. And the number one thing that happened with all four of those restaurants when we, when we tested it after two months is that we got very few of the containers back. And so these containers that we have today are quite, quite beautiful and they're quite expensive. But even my own wife, which I think is hilarious, when we got them in, she said, I'd steal those. And that seems to be what's happened with the containers. So we were really really focused on this attrition problem and maybe we didn't read the data correctly. So but which brings us to iteration 3 which we'll get to in a second, but so iteration 2 we looked around the world. There's there's a handful of companies doing this around the world. They're all pretty hyper local. Some of them non-profit and all of them have some sort of membership scheme or tracking scheme to track the containers to get them back. And so we thought that was the way to go. And we built, we had some great software people that built a, a membership portal and a and return logistics. And the Alberta government helped us out with Alberta Innovate to build those portals. But as we were going through, and, and and so we launched in November, we had about 20, about 15 restaurants when we launched. And we're up to 50 or 60 partners now, which is really nice. And essentially it was the same model people would call or put a number into the app telling the restaurant that they wanted their meal packed in Earthware. And that has worked out really well. We've got hundreds of close to a thousand members that are ordering often. And we've got a bunch of, uh, we've got 50 or so partners instead of including restaurants, hotels, grocery stores, and they've all been great. But again, the problem that we recognized pretty early of iteration two is that one with our restaurant partners, we were only getting, about 1% or less than 1% of their total volumes. And so and that's just because there just weren't enough people calling to ask for these containers. There's no doubt that they got a ton of business with people that were very interested in this, but it wasn't enough to make an impact. And so in February, we started negotiating with the, February, March, we started negotiating with the Alberta Bottle Depot Association. And at the same time, I decided that, or we decided that our, the containers were just too expensive for us to lose but we also wanted to get an a higher impact in all of our in all of our partners where we were doing more than one percent of their volumes. and so what we decided on and i think this is the the model that that is working is we decided to get significantly less expensive containers i mean if you look at some of the takeout containers out there that um they're really good a lot of people will keep them in their shelves any way to use them so they're reusing even some of the single use restaurant containers but even when they're done with them there's an end of life that they that they end up going into the landfills and so we started looking around the world for great containers that are less expensive while at the same time working with the Alberta Depot Association and so iteration 3 which is where we're coming in now is we've we're just finishing off the agreement with the Alberta Depot Association and that they will take the containers back our partners all these 50 restaurants, hotels, grocery stores, et cetera, they're going to switch to us 100%. And so we'll be their container provider. And you'll just start to get these containers. And when you get these containers, you've got a choice. Like a bottle or can, you can do something with it and get some of that deposit back. And so you'll get the deposit back. And Alberta has one of the greatest systems in the world for this. And it's got an 86% return rate for bottles and cans. And we're hoping for a high return rate of the, of the containers as well. And we think that people do that. And the cool thing about it is that a lot of these deposits that happen with bottles and cans, they go into the hands of the most vulnerable people, right? Charities, a lot of charities, bottle drives, those sorts of things, kids come and buy for their sports teams. But also you've got a fairly large contingent of people that this is how they, they survive. And so it's not going to make anybody wealthy, but it might be in the difference between eating a sandwich that day and not getting a sandwich by having having extra. So to answer your original question, what we ask for with this is that you do rinse the containers before bringing them back to the bottle depot. And then the bottle depots will bundle them up. They'll pay you for them. We come and pick them up and bring them back and wash them sanitize them to way above Alberta health standards, and way above anything that you'd see, even in your own home for cleaning a dish. And then we, and then we restock our partners with it. And that's the, that's the story of Earthware.
1: And so I also heard it coming up soon. If the listeners stick with us, we're going to talk a little bit about doing well by doing good. And so you hinted on that a little bit. But before we get there, I just want to read one paragraph on this PDF that you had sent me. In just one year, Earthware has become a force for garbage reduction in Calgary. Our ever-growing list of 50 restaurants, which you know, you said it was more than 50, grocery stores and others has stopped over 10,000 takeout containers from hitting our landfill. Recently, we supplied four additional Marriott hotels with hundreds of containers that will be used exclusively for room service. What a great idea. Marriott has stated that they want to expand with us to cities around the world. So there's even, there's growth, there's growth and innovation, love it. And it almost sounds like we'd use the containers for a while before they ever, ever end up having to go into the landfill. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they can be recycled and recycled and recycled. If people wanted to find out more about them where can people find
2: Earthware? so our website is w.earthware.me i'm trying to get earthware.com but somebody else owns it but anyway earthware.me is what we've been operating under for the last year and a half it's it's been great also we've had really good the the city of calgary and we're going to be moving into edmonton very soon as well the city of calgary and edmonton huge supporters so you can also find information about us on the uh, city of calgary what goes where website. And this is just one of those things that a lot of people are interested in. So lots of news, lots of media, podcasts, those sorts of things where we're talking about the model and trying to encourage people to reuse.
1: City of Calgary, City of Edmonton, I would imagine start off on on their city websites and then find out where what goes in either of those. And www.earthware.m because I have a feeling people that are listening are going to want to know where do I find? How do I get involved? How do I do this? So let's, we, we mentioned a little bit about it, but I know when you and I had talked previous, we talked a little bit about doing well by doing good. And I'd love to hear what you had to say about that. So our listeners would probably love to hear.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm, a, I'm definitely a guy that's built and run businesses over the years and they're for-profit businesses. And as we were digging into the earth where we really wanted to do something that was good for everybody, but also build a business that could survive on its own. And so do well by doing good is just that, that the company will be able to pay our shareholders, we'll be able to pay suppliers, we'll be, we'll be an actual up and going company. And and I truly believe that the way to solve the world's biggest problems is to make money doing it. And so that's, that's, that's just the way the world works. And so Earthware, as well as doing a lot of good, we're gonna be a nice profitable company. And that's the idea.
1: So, also on this, this write up, this PDF that I have in front of me, globally, the marketplace for single use takeout containers is worth 160 billion annually and growing. Our first two cities, Calgary and Edmonton, have an annual market value of 200 million. Our most conservative forecasting is to have 4% market share per city within five years. Even the 4% market share imagine what is not
2: into the land. yeah it, it it's it's amazing i mean we're our goal is and we're pretty proud of that ten thousand containers and that's just the ones that we've washed so the way that we track this is the number of containers that we've washed that have gone back out but there's also a huge amount of containers that people are obviously keeping because going back to what i said about my wife wanting to steal the containers lots of people are using these it's funny how many people tell me that they use them for lunches and things and i I hold my tongue a little bit that we want them back. But so there's lots more reuse than just the 10,000. But our goal is to go from 10,000 a year to 10,000 a day. And, and that's approximately 4% market share. And so, you know, it's not the biggest impact that we could make, but that will continue to grow. But at 4%, we're profitable. We can start to add other cities and start to, and start to grow the footprint around the world. And, and another piece about this that I think is really interesting is most governments around the world are looking at how to get rid of single-use containers in some way, shape, or form. Both Edmonton and Calgary have, have um, uh, bylaws that they've proposed for reducing single-use plastic bags, straws, and those sorts of things. And what I believe and know will happen is become as we become more prevalent, it gives the governments the ability to put in more restrictions on single-use containers. And so, you know, the government, while we're doing good, they'll also be handing us market share to grow this up. And of course, we're not going to be the only ones doing it. We're lucky enough that we're the only ones in Alberta right now. And we've got these wonderful agreements, but there's lots of market share there. And as you said, it's $160 billion marketplace. So imagine these things that are you know, between five and ten cents. So let's let's say an average of thirty cents. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of billions of containers worldwide going into landfills right now. and We're going to take a big chunk. And also, just another quick piece about what uh, people are always interested with: what happens to the containers when we retire them? Am I uh, jumping ahead on one of your questions here? Because sometimes I do that. So when we get the containers back, we're we're pretty. I can't come up with anything other than the word anal about how the about how the containers look and feel like we have to make sure that these containers are pristine and that people love them. And so we obviously are going to be retiring them fast and furious. We think we'll get about a hundred uses out of container. And but when they get retired, right now, we have a deal with a recycler in Vancouver where they have where they will one hundred percent recycle our containers. But our ultimate goal with this is that we are able to take, and they are made out of plastic, we're able to take this plastic. And in the future, we want to manufacture here and use that plastic to create new reusable containers. And so reuse and reuse the plastic as much as we can. And we're also working with, with State University here to come up with better materials that will last longer, that we can that keep, that are pristine way more than 100 times and that we can continue to use containers. Our other big goal for them is that when we will use a part of them to create brooms, and so brooms are one of those things that people use forever. Nobody ever throws out a broom. And so to create plastic brooms and give them to our partners and say, hey, thank you for being a partner. Here's five hundred containers in this in this broom that you can have and use forever. So, you know, we've got a lot of dreams for it, but we want to make it become as circular as we can with our own product.
1: Do more uses before it's retired. I love that. And even when it's retired, yo, know, I use brooms. <laughs> yeah, I drive a Ford F one fifty and when the snow falls, I use a push broom to get all that snow off my truck.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's a good idea.
1: So again, the raise of 1.2 million CAD is primarily for container inventory to meet current demand and ensure stability of supply. And you also will also quickly need larger warehouse space and more sophisticated commercial dishwashers. I love that. So if there's any listeners out there who are in the warehouse space area or can help with a more sophisticated commercial dishwashers, listen up, guys. <laughs> We'll put some contact information for John later on and you can talk to him about his needs for his company. This company is doing a lot for people, it's doing a lot for the environment, it's doing a lot for Alberta. So I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> so also it says here that our team is not new to building great businesses. Over the last 20 years, this team has built, scaled, and sold to large global companies. We believe that being the quickest way to solve Huge problems is to make money doing it. Our previous goal, global companies started here in Calgary, and Earthwell where will be our next success, both environmentally and financially. Who could go wrong with that? So, mostly, is there any other need or anything else you would like our listeners to know?
2: Yeah, I think two major things that I like to say at the end of at the end of interviews and podcasts and things like that is uh, number one, when you start to see Earthware containers, return them don't just throw them in your bin, in your blue bin. They will get, they, they, they probably will end up in the landfill if you do that. So return them or give them to somebody else. You wouldn't, the amount of money from bottles and cans and beverage containers that goes to charities is in tens of millions of dollars every year. And it does make a difference. If you don't have the time to get them back yourselves, give them to somebody else. And there's lots of pickup services that will come in, charities that will come and get them. So that's number one. The, the second thing that is really interesting is, is I've talked about the 50 partners that will start to grow exponentially in the in next year as we, as we enable this new model because it, it sort of eliminates a lot of the barriers for people getting involved with. But these, these people that are on our website, and you just check on the website to see them. They are innovators. They're local companies for the most part. They've taken a risk, and, but they really want to do what's right for you So as a consumer we would love you to make sure that you're, if they're not using earthware, don't use them. (laughs) Or how about the other way? How about on the more positive side? If they're using earthware, it's good for everybody.
1: Wonderful. So for our listeners, again, if you want to get a hold or in contact with John, John, you're on LinkedIn.
2: I am. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, just John McInnes, Calgary. I'm usually the one that comes up.
1: Wonderful. So that's M-A-C-I-N-N-E-S for those listeners out there. And again, the W Earthware, W-A-R-E, so earthware.me is the website. Definitely check it out. And I would imagine, too, there's some sort of contact button that one can press on your website as well if they want to contact somebody. If they've been so inspired by our, our little podcast here that they want to go ahead and, and do something more, there's so much here, just so much here. We could talk forever. Anything else you would like listeners to know before we say goodbye?
2: No, I think I, I got my last two. But yeah, please do please do make sure you take a look at our vendors on our website, the, the people that have taken the risk of going with us in, in the pilot.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. And I'd like to thank our listeners again for listening to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. And if you want to, check out the Rainforest Lunch Without Lunch every Wednesday you'll be able to meet and greet and chat with all sorts of innovators and people who are playing in the, in the innovation ecosystem right here in Alberta and get our our province, some notoriety here. Well, thank you so much, John. And uh, I look forward to being able to chat with you again in the future. Maybe we'll do another podcast.
2: Thanks, Beth. Looking forward to it.
0: If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience new idea machine makes your ideas real visit newideamachine.com for more info music for the show was created by tony Deldegan. please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know also don't forget to come by and say hi at the next rainforest event let us know what you think of this podcast if you're interested in being either a host sponsor or a guest of the show send me an email at rainforestpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com